Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Your local tire power. Get four for the price of three on selected Kumo passenger and SUV tires. Morn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 24 to 8. Good morning. We are cold in Studio Lumo today, powered by Lumo Energy SA because it's only going to be 18 degrees today. Cloudy with showers. Uh, Mark Bickley, we have something very special to share with you before 8 o'clock. For the very first time, it's something new. It's called Captain's Call. And you don't know too much about yeah, it, but that's so, all. I'm... So how, how's it going to work? So I'm guessing, am I meant to be the captain? Am I? Have you I are the captain. Been you're, appointed, have I? For... You're the skipper. You're the captain of the show. You're the captain of my life. You help guide me through my fumbling life. So um, I'll throw some things at you very soon. But right now, it's time for our trade radio update. Kona Cranes and DMAG shaping next generation material handling. As we say good morning to Tom Morris. Jeepers, a lot happens in 24 hours. Now we're talking about who we're getting rid of at Adelaide to welcome Clayton Oliver to uh, South Australia. Tom, good morning to you. Good morning, Walshie. Morning, Vix. It's amazing how this how quickly things move. Oh, and there's boy. also a chance that in an hour or two that we could it could be all off mm. if the Melbourne board say that um, they're resolute in keeping Clayton Oliver. But, yeah, a lot happened yesterday. And... Uh, Adelaide was at the very forefront of that, so it's good that we're talking this morning. Yeah, hey, Tom, you mentioned the board uh, who had a meeting last night. We're led to believe, and I'm sure the the number one agenda item was Clayton Oliver. So that's what we're expecting, are we? Someone to come out and and maybe either squash this whole thing and say, no, he's our man, or they might say, look, we're still, if the right offer comes around, uh, maybe we'd consider it. Is that how you expect it to turn out? Yeah, I think so. It's really hard to read. Don't worry, I've been trying this morning to speak to people and um, no no journo's been able to get it yet. So it's uh, it's pretty obvious that they've shut up shop, which is understandable given the sensitivities around it. But it would have been a long board meeting. I mean, there's also a chance here that even if Melbourne say, oh, we, you know, we, we actually do want to keep mm. him, he'll be at the club next year, that Clayton Oliver says, actually, <laughs> the yeah. damage has been done. Mm. I, want to, I want to get out. So... Um, there's a lot of possibilities still on the table and I can't wait to, to find out what has actually gone on behind closed doors. But it's fair to say from yesterday afternoon onwards, the entire club shut up shop and, um, and they went to ground and the conversation would have been pretty, pretty serious behind the scenes. I, I think that's probably putting it lightly. Mm. So, so, Tom, I'm just trying to get my head around this. Who's going to ultimately make this decision? Is it the coach, Simon Goodwin? Will it be... A board that says, hang on a minute, we signed off on this for, you know, seven years and over a million bucks a year. We're not going to, you know, change tack right now. Is it uh, other people? Is it the football department? Is it the general manager of footy that puts his nose in there as well? How many people and who are the, the key playmakers here? Uh, well, Alan Richardson's the head of football. Simon Goodwin's the coach. We know that. The list manager is Tim Lamb. The footy director on the board is Brad Green, who you would have played mm-hmm. against Vicks. Um, and then... The president's Kate Roffey, the CEO Gary Pert. I think whatever happens, it will be sold as a united yep. collective decision. 
but there's no doubt there's some differences of opinion behind the scenes. I mean, that's, that's just natural in these sort of delicate topics. Um, I think if the football department stro- believes strongly enough that, <coughs> excuse me, that Clayton Oliver should be traded or should at least be open to a trade for the right deal, then it's going to take a very strong board to go against that because mm-hmm. the board, um, they, they appoint the footy director. The footy director then has an oversight over, over the, the footy department and they, they charge the footy department with making key decisions. I mean, very rarely do you see boards making football decisions, no matter how serious they are. They appoint the coach, they appoint the CEO, and then they, by and large, leave the footy club to operate mm. independently of them because, of course, the footy department's the expert. So uh, whatever, whatever happens, it's going to be sold as a collective united front, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some um, differences of opinion behind the scenes. And I think it comes down to... Big, I think it comes down to... Um, sort of the balance between looking after Clayton Oliver and a welfare perspective and actually saying, you know what, we're a business, we're an organisation, we need to do what's best for us. Um, and that might be letting him go. So that's always a bit of push and pull and it's always a very difficult decision to make those calls. Uh, Tom, I didn't hear you across the day yesterday because I was replacing a lemon tree which was knocked down in the <laughs> horrific storm we had here in South Australia. But I've woken up to um, hearing... Can you just repeat uh, uh, something about Clayton Oliver and potentially a tattoo which resulted in a sore foot? Oh, yeah. Well, this is one of those ones that um, a number of people have told me as mm. fact. And I, uh, I put it to the club three days ago and they didn't deny it. Um, but I haven't been able to confirm it either. So it's one of those things that you can probably only confirm down the track in hindsight. But mm. the suggestion is that Clayton Oliver attempted to tattoo his foot, and in that process he um, he, he he got infected by a blister and he ended up in hospital. So we know that he had an infected foot and he was in hospital, mm. and it was never really explored exactly why. Mm. And even since I wrote that, uh, when was that, two nights ago, no one's actually denied that. In fact, a lot of people come forward and said, no, that's exactly what happened. So, uh, I mean, of all the issues, that's probably um, one of the lesser ones, given that Clayton Oliver um, is potentially up to trade and could be moving clubs, but it sort of speaks to the instability of his season and the... Um, uh, yeah, the difficulties he's had this year, that's for sure. The other one I wanted to quickly ask you about, we, we've spoken about Port Adelaide, which is fantastic, but the big news for Aaron Norton at the Western Bulldogs, where he's contracted right up until the conclusion of the 2032 Olympic Games in Brisbane, which is when you think about <laughs> it, it's it's quite funny to look at it that way. But, I mean, he's he's got the comfort of a, a huge eight-year contract extension, but do, do you think something like that is something we're going to see a lot more of? It, it continues on the path that... that that Nick Blakey kind of set too. Yeah, well, Nick Blakey contracted to the end of 2031 and Aaron Norton, the Western Bulldogs, went, okay, we'll just, uh, we'll better that. We'll contract him to the end of 2032, which mm. just seems so far away. He'll be well into his 30s by then. And yeah, he's a very good player and potentially a star, but he's not Buddy Franklin, so it's a huge deal. But yeah, I, did, I do think it is one of those things we'll see more of because it's an arms race in many ways. Clubs are offering these long-term deals to try to better the other clubs. And I'm told the offers from West Coast and Sydney were astronomical, potentially even more astronomical than what he has signed at the Western Bulldogs. Um, and we've seen many long-term deals penned recently. And, you know, speaking of a long-term deal, Clayton Oliver is only about to start his seven-year contract mm. at Melbourne. And, and that's about $7 million across those seven years. So 
Uh, I think it is something we're going to see more of. Um, Kane Corns doesn't like it, but it's just a lay of the land. Just one quick one. What about Alistair Lynch? He was the he was the forerunner to all of this. He yeah. signed a ten year deal uh, to head up to Brisbane, yeah. and funnily enough. Um, it was reported it was a $2 million deal at the time, which seemed so astronomical. But in the last year of his contract, you know, it averages out to two hundred grand a year. He was getting underpaid. That's the, the way it turned out. Yeah, weird how these contracts are back-ended and front-ended to the point where um, when the player deserves to make the most money, they're often making the least money. Mm. I mean, a good example of that is Nick Haynes at GWS, who's on a seven-figure sum next year, his back-ended deal and they push money back to try to squeeze everything in the salary cap. And he's the sub at GWS, and you're mm. sort of a fringe player now. And when he was playing his best footy, he probably wasn't making the money that he deserved. So that's how list managers sort of construct the salary cap, and it's quite a complex science, and, uh, and I guess that some clubs do it better than others. Tom, we know how busy you are, mate. And again, thank you so much for this week. We're looking forward to catching up next week, but uh, what you've provided for our South Australian audience has been brilliant. So we appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks, Walshie. Thanks, Vic. Kona Cranes and DMAG shaping next generation material handling, our trade radio update. It's been a, a brilliant start, Bix. This, this Norton deal and the Blakey deal, do you think, though, it's a, another indication of players having control over their destinies? Because no matter how long the deal is for Aaron Norton, if he gets four years into it and wants to change clubs, then that will be facilitated by the Western Bulldogs because he wants to leave. If you look at Clayton Oliver now, in the NBA, there's a player by the name of James Harden who has bounced around clubs. Yep. He started at Oklahoma, he played at Houston, he's played at Brooklyn, he's at Philadelphia now. He refused to go to their media day the other day because he has demanded to be traded to the Clippers. Mm. So at this point, the organisation won't trade him, so he didn't turn up to media day. There will be a point that the organisation goes, this is impacting what happens for the culture of our organisation. We've got to trade him. The players in the AFL now are heading towards that part of going, yeah, great, I've got long-term security and I can leave whenever I want. Yeah, there's a bit of that. I, I'm, I'm not too cynical just yet and and there's there's a couple of things in this. So so the Western Bulldogs, one, they, they must be crystal clear on the character of Aaron Norton and and they are, he's their franchise player now. Like Marcus Pontempelli will come to an end and then Aaron Norton will take over as their franchise player. So that's about for the fans, it's about, you know, being able to build something around someone. And that's pretty much what Aaron Norton has the potential to become. The other thing that's important is it's also an important factor for all the other players trying to get them to commit. Mm. So they've got, coming out of contract, they've got Bailey Smith next year. They've got Jamara Hagen is another one. What they want to be able to say to these guys is, hey, this guy here is locked in. He's locked and loaded. He's the centrepiece. You're the next part of the jigsaw. Why don't you lock in for five years? Yeah. And we can get you locked in for another four or five years. So then you've got you've got that core group of eight or ten guys, which is a little bit what GWS have done with Kelly and, um, you know, Whitfield and, and some of those guys. Uh, who else is in there? You know, Green and Green. They've, they've got their core group of star players locked away. And that gives you some sense of control over what it looks like going forward. And if they can all commit to each other that we're going to hang around and we're going to do the right thing and try and win a flag together, that, that gives you great certainty and a bit of consistency for your club. Not too far away, we have our Brecky Brownlow. There's been a couple of errors today. I've made plenty. Connor Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre will take care of that. Also, Nathan Cosmina from Adelaide United will join us. But next, for the very first time, Mark Bickley, get excited for this. It's Captain's Call.